0: Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in Discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor.
1: This is our podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under
0: 30. Colin. Alex. Guess what I found out? What did you find out? To get on the list, you just have to apply. I know. That's so <laughs> funny. You know what? I was actually going to tell, say something about that. I was going to say, um, I actually already brought up the article and everything. So Alex sent yeah. me... Um, the article, which apparently opened up on April 9th, 2018. And I'm sort of, I'm a little insulted that Forbes (laughs) didn't, like, email me personally, and you, obviously, but, like, um, so here's here's the deal. I'm gonna real quick just kind of run through this um, Mm -hmm. for people, um, because I'm not sure if you already have the article in front of you, too, but, uh, so it says, think you or someone you know should join the ranks of the under 30? Please complete this online nomination form for our 2019 US and Europe lists. Here's some helpful information about the process. What's the age cutoff? To be eligible for the list, you, a nominee must be 29 or younger on December 31st, 2018, born in 1989 or later. So I only have two more years, of course, right? Yeah. I think we've already discussed this, but yeah. you have three. Which countries and regions are eligible? Forbes creates three under 30 lists, U.S., Asia, and Europe. We currently uh, We are currently opening nominations for both U.S. and Europe lists. Citizenship does not matter. Instead, please apply to the region where the nominees and their businesses are most prominent. Hmm. So, like, for instance, that's one of the reasons why, like, for example, like, some Canadians have been yep. on the U.S. list, yep. even though they're not from the U.S., but they, they predominantly like tour or act in movies here in America. Um, and the last thing, how does Forbes create the th- under-30 list? Uh, it's a three-step process. Through open nominations, recommendations Mm -hmm. by respected investors, executives, entrepreneurs, and the reporting by the Forbes edit team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the third thing, sorry, being, and the reporting by the Forbes edit team. We assemble thousands of candidates across 20 categories. Next, Forbes staff picks around 60 finalists for each field, and then on the last bit of it, um, the independent industry legends think Mark Benioff, I don't know how to say that, Um, Steve Ballmer, Phil Knight, stuff like that, Uh, they select the final 30 in each category. Interesting. Um, and so, real quick, actually, I, I said that was the last thing, but I'll just kind of quickly run through these categories. You got art and style, consumer tech, education, energy, enterprise tech, finance, food and drink, games, healthcare, Hollywood and entertainment, law and policy, manufacturing and industry, marketing and advertising, media, music, retail and commerce, science, social entrepreneurs, sports and venture capital. Hmm. Um, and uh, it does say if you are uh, business partners, um, that you can be jointly named 30 under 30. Um, but just when nominating, be sure to include all names of the part uh, partners who are under 30 years old. If you don't, we may not consider them. No, if they've aged out, they won't be eligible, but you still are. Yeah. Um, so, if, for example, like you and I, if we want, like, we, we were discussing this earlier, and we can kind of go into it a little bit further in a second here, yeah. but we were discussing whether, because we sort of feel like we're sort of, pursuing two slightly different pathways mm-hmm. so we were like are we both going to go for it and in, in different categories or are we going to try and go in on a joint you know um thing and if we do that are we also going to include Graham and Michael um yeah. stuff like that but we could Don't, do that no. for the next two no. years
1: we're not we're not we including Graham and Michael
0: <laughs> we can do this that for the next podcast. two years it's not I know <laughs> I know um but we can do that for the next two years but then after that if you wanted to you could nominate yourself for a third year but I mm-hmm. would not be able to yeah. um so, let's talk about that super quick though. Um, you know, what I mean, have we sort of thought about that at all because you know, again, at first I was going sort of media, but then I realized that I'm not exactly media uh, yeah. after all. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more um towards Hollywood and entertainment. Even though I'm not in Hollywood, I am in I'm more on the entertainment side. Um, you know, uh yeah. and you're more on music.
1: I was thinking um, it was more art and style because you know my all my flannel shirts
0: yeah no i don't think no. hipsters counts as art and style just
1: um, i mean i don't know if it's hipster or more is just like i need chic buy new lumberjack chic lumberjack
0: mm-hmm.
1: or just like shitty lumberjack anyway so um yeah i mean i feel like more music but well and one thing that we will go into later with like the person that i picked is something that kind of tends to I tend to get drawn towards with a lot of the people that get on this list is they Mm -hmm. find some way to unify people and I've noticed with a lot of people on the music list it's all just oh this person was chart topping they did this they did that they did that and I guess if I were to be on this list I'd want it to be like through music finding some way to bring people together as opposed to just like doing it just because like I did x and y or I'd reach some kind of like chart or whatever so I don't know
0: yeah I feel like I feel Sorry. like with
1: like the social entrepreneur-like stuff, uh-huh. like that's where there's more of like the, uh, like the, I don't want to say meaningful or like a word that is meaningful, but without sounding like, making it sound like the other things aren't meaningful. Do you know what I mean?
0: No, I, I agree with you. I do think that like, you know, the one thing that you should also probably maybe take into some consideration is that with 30 out of 30 for most music people, a lot of the mm-hmm. times, you know, again... Most people aren't actively trying to get on the thirty under thirty, right? A lot of the times, they're just sort of named a thirty under thirty, and they're like, "Oh shit, I had no idea that this was possible, right?" Or that this was going to happen. Yeah. um And I think that a lot of the times, it's just like you said, right? It's because they've hit a certain chart or they've put out a certain number of albums in a certain amount of time. But at the same time, there are people who do things like, for example, for example, we've already talked about them, but Groove Shark, yeah. right? They created uh, a, a thing. And that was a little bit more of the music business, but um, at the end of the day, there are people that aren't just like, you know, radio pop stars. Um, They are a majority of them, Um, and I think that we do sort of see that a lot, and again, it's the same thing with Hollywood and entertainment, right? Um, Hollywood and entertainment is where we found, uh, what's her name, Natalie Lent, right? Yeah. Yeah, Natalie Lent was an entertainment person, but she was an entertainment lawyer, but you know, all the other, like, famous actors were pretty much just known for, again, just kind of being an actor. But, you know, I I don't disagree with you on the social entrepreneur side. But I do think that if you were to be nominated as a music uh, lumineer, a luminary, that's what I meant to say, luminary, um, I don't think that would be a bad thing because I don't think that, especially because you aren't writing radio pop music, That's right. I think that you'd be able to take it um, without there needing to be a grain of salt because you're not being nominated for being a cookie cutter musician. Mm-hmm. You would be making that list because of musical merit. Yeah. Again, not that not that radio pop can't have radio merit uh, can't have merit, but again, that is a little bit more of a that's a little bit more formulaic as to why they're on the list to begin with, you know? Yeah. Um Very you know, true. for example, like I love Kendrick Lamar, right? Kendrick Lamar is great, but um, Someone like Kendrick Lamar is going to make it on there because, again, he has radio and stream popularity, but someone like Austin Antoine, who we do want to at some point have on the show, Mm -hmm. Austin Antoine is, uh, like, is huge in his his market, and, I mean, like, you know, he's on a tour right now and sells out shows everywhere, and yet, you know, he's not on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, and he should be. I mean, like, the man, he already has major accolades, and, like, he should be on the list, and, like, like I said, I would... I could sit here and talk about his career on some episode, but I, because we know him, yeah. um, if we can just find a time where he's not touring um, or something like that, which is very hard to do. The man keeps himself busy, yes, but if we does. can ever find a time to get him on the show, we would love to have him on the show. Definitely. Um, so before we get into your person, um, do you want to just do like a real quick, like maybe like 60 seconds or less breakdown of what we've worked on this week? Sure.
1: So in terms of what I've been working on this week, I guess like past two weeks since we, we we've been going by a week. Right, right. Um one thing has been making music for another um show on the network, Myth Takes. I actually um uh, actually so we're recording oh so to speak behind the curtain, I'm recording on the Monday before the episode's released. And I usually live stream on Monday evenings, eight PM EST, every Monday evening, I uh, shameless plug. And I would Twitch.tv working...
0: slash French Alexander
1: Thank you, sir. And I ended up, um so, so I tried to make this as modular as possible. So what I mean by that is even if we have like this set song, it's broken down into sections so that when I send it to Colin, he can then put it in whatever order he wants. Right. Right. So it ended up being like maybe more files than I was thinking of. But like the goal is to make it as mo- as flexible for you so that you can like if you want to bring it down a notch intensity-wise, then you can. If you want to bring it up, then you can do that. Um, I've also been working on... What else have I been working on? Um, teaching. So a couple weeks ago, I taught a group guitar class through mm-hmm. the um the music store I Retailer, teach. But, yep, yep. Yeah, and I ended up with a full schedule, which is pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations.
1: Yes. So from two to nine, which is kind of intimidating. Jesus, but, man. Yeah.
0: But, and that was that was for Tuesdays or Thursdays? Uh, Thursdays cool cool good that's the that's the place that i would want it to be at not that the tuesday place isn't great but i used to work at the thursday location so um i love how vague we're being on that but again it's just like i don't i don't think that we want to call out those that company or whatever um but anyway uh how are you i'm doing great uh i've got i've been having let me try this again (laughs) i've had a lot on my plate recently and i think kind of within like reasonable stuff i mean i've had a lot of job applications I've officially hit over a hundred job wow. applications um I have been watching the O'Brien's house um, while they're out of town mm-hmm. and feeding their cats and stuff um and I've been doing a crap load of work on the network stuff um just because until I get a job you know this is the only uh work that I'm really you know able to do but this is the work that I, I love to do yeah um so I you know I spend a solid like six to eight hour d- hours a day honestly um working on stuff, whether it's looking at more sponsors. Um, we're working on relaunching the website. I'm hoping it'll be up by the end of this week. Um, I think I'm just going to not mention the new URL just yet, just in case it isn't up by the end of this week. Yeah. But by the next episode, we will we will give it to you. Um, and, uh, let's see, the last thing I'll say that I've worked on, like I said, I, you know, just because you were ten- mentioning Myth Takes, mm-hmm. um, I know we talk about that show a lot, but I mean, it's the show that we have on the network that has the most amount of stuff going on in it, um, yeah. there's just a lot of moving pieces. And it's another reason why, like, you know, so far I've written all the music for it, but that wasn't necessarily done, like, on purpose. It was just sort of by design. Not by design. It was just sort of a uh, happenstance, rather. Um, that's what I was trying to say. It's not yeah. by design. Um, and that's why, you know, again, like, I delegated out one of the bigger pieces of music to you yeah. so that I could have a little bit more time to focus on getting some of the recording stuff done with um, Morgan, Sam, and Whitney. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I lied. I will mention one last thing. I know that we, I was trying to keep this brief, but it is related to scavengers network and stuff that we do here. Um, we had a new video uh, launch on Sunday. So we, we talked about it at the beginning of June, but, um, every June we take that month off, um, from putting out video material so that we can spend some time to a kind of take a break and actually relax for a little bit. Um, but also, be so we can record some more stuff, which we did a little bit of. We didn't do as much as we anticipated this time, but... Um,
1: Working through backlog.
0: Right, exactly. We do have a lot of backlog material as well, so, you know, getting that stuff sort of pushed out so we can kind of get back into some more modern videos um, yeah. will also be great. Um, and uh, the other reason for for doing this um, is uh, so that we can kind of work on some some new ideas and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like our time to experiment with some, some material before we actually come back in July. Um, and so there were two things that happened. So on July 1st, uh, on Sunday, uh, we put our first video out of the new season of the Scavengers Network video stuff. Uh, and that started off with the highlight reel of my trip to Ohio with the Jordan and Lindsay Reed, uh, the Reed family. We went to the Madison Seminary um and i cut a uh, an hour and 42 minutes worth of material down to 29 minutes yeah um and so that was a lot of material to go through um very echoey uh, i tried See my best to unecho it um but That's like it's a do. yeah it's a giant room so it's like it's so hard to 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 clean up that audio but uh there's a lot of really weird stuff that happens and i'm not mm-hmm. someone who believes in ghosts but uh i'm not going to lie after editing some of that stuff and hearing interference that we couldn't hear because we weren't plugged in necessarily. Yeah. At the time, it was really strange to hear how like the second we would say a name or the second that we would touch something, it would immediately start to buzz in my microphone. And that was really strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um and uh the last thing I'll say is that on the on today, the same day that this episode is coming out, uh July 3rd, we have a new series launching and it's a series that you and I have been talking about and trying to get Launched since before we even started recording mm-hmm. our first set of videos on the Scavengers Network. Yeah, um, it's a show called Taste Testers, and uh, Morgan Spatola came up with the best definition of it. It is essentially MythBusters, but for recipes oh, that... that you find online. Yeah, um, and so uh, Morgan Spatola is actually going to be our episode one pilot episode person. Oh, awesome! Um, so that video is also out today. On the Scavengers Network YouTube, so now we have awesome. all sorts of material on our yeah. on our channel. Um, so that's really really exciting, and I've been very very stoked to put that out. Um, and we also have a couple more people who are going to be doing episodes. So it's not just going to be Morgan doing t- uh, taste testers, which I also think is great because it's a very well rounded experience. You'll have people who are, uh, uh, like she's a former culinary, um, like uh, like a caterer. Mm-hmm. Right, Uh, we're gonna hopefully have a culinary student um, do some episodes, we have a food blogger doing some stuff, and then like you and I are gonna do some stuff, so you'll try. have like, yeah, we're gonna try, <laughs> so you're gonna have amateur level, all the way up to kind of professional level, Um, and I think it'll show like the versatility of some of these recipes too.
1: Yeah, um, and our lack of versatility as, well, at least between you and I, our lack of versatility as <laughs> doing anything besides music and video editing.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It'll be like, well, I think we know why. I just make with the talking. Yep. Um. So, hey, now that we've hey. talked about all that stuff, um, I understand that you have done some research and that you've got someone to talk to me about. Yes, I do. So, I
1: realize that with my past selections, they tend to be people that are earlier in the lists. And part of the reason for that is with... People that are later that get onto list onto the list later on, they tend to not have as much of a background. I've noticed this. This is not necessarily the case for everybody, but mm-hmm. for like what I what I would kind of seen is like okay, so if I pick someone from this year, they haven't had as much of a chance to develop past that or like to see how it goes, right? Well, I was oh
0: okay now now I understand what you're saying. Okay, like yeah. you mean like there's not as much stuff to then say, and then after that he did this. Yes, all you have is like the past up. Okay.
1: Yes, and like what they did to get there, but right. With So I actually found this person from the class of 2017. So my pick for this episode for, um, is Teju Ravila-chan or Te- okay. Teju Ravila-chan. So it's T-E-J-U-R-A-V-I-L-O-C-H-A-N. Uh-huh. So okay. as I said... He was a class of 2017 for, 2017 for social entrepreneurs. He was selected for his work as co-founder or in the organization known as Uncharted, which was formerly known as the Unreasonable Institute. So as the Forbes as Forbes puts it, it's unreasonable. Fresh out mm-hmm. of college and without ever founding a company himself, Revila built an accelerator for social entrepreneurs tackling the world's unsolved problems ranging from poverty to clean water access. The company draws its name from the um the George Bernard Shaw quote that claims all progress depends on the unreasonable man. For the unreasonable institute, that meant finding entrepreneurs who were willing to tackle the complex problems at scale, even if on paper they're unqualified. So a part of, so along with bringing in all of these social entrepreneurs and giving them the opportunity to develop their idea, um, Chen and his, um, the other members built a massive network of mentors like, um, Paul Polak and Tom's Chi, um, as well as capital partners like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically they are providing, bringing these entrepreneurs together and, is supporting them and giving them the opportunity to solve these complex problems. So, as of twenty seventeen, the institute has gra- the graduated one hundred forty eight startups who raised over one hundred fifty five million dollars. And as of twenty eighteen, so this is actually from the website. They're on their, um, their curriculum is licensed across the globe, and uh so for, for some stats, they've worked with over five hundred ninety two ventures in over twenty four programs, and they've um th- wait let me start it over. So mm-hmm. for some statistics. They've run 592 ventures in over 24 countries and they've run over 61 programs and they've impacted over 25 million lives. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. So one of their programs includes the Uncharted Mobile Tech. So each of these like Courses or programs starts with a problem. So the problem for this one is how can we use mobile connectivity to create impact, empowering and connecting people to resources, education, and one another? The solution to this is an accelerator program that charts the course from disconnection to connection. So the kind of blurb for this is the world has never been more connected, and for today's social entrepreneurs, that's a good thing. And so they partnered with a new phone service that worked in an app, and it was a nine month accelerator program that would bring clarity connections and capital to ventures that are creating impact through mobile technology. So as a part of this program, every venture received 10 grand in funding, um, a five day summit in Denver where the company is located, um, mm-hmm. online curriculum, like online courses they could take to f- further their knowledge, um, work with one on one, work with um, world class mentors for six months. Um, they had access to a funder event, one on one coach a uh, one on one coaching, a fractional CFO that was like twenty hours of pro bono pro bono financial modeling, and some, and I think access to visible experts, there wasn't a description for that. but yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I looked into the kind of candidates they look for, and some of the characteristics included scalability. So like having a product that makes a meaningful impact, but that, but whose impact could then be expanded outside of that? So by scalability, it's like taking it from mm. a small scale to a larger scale, um, okay. and then value aligned. So and another a thing that I'll touch on later with this company is Ooh. value. So the startup... you just
0: said you just said the magic words, dude. Um, sorry, not to be interrupt, fine, fine. but I gotta I gotta say like um something that we talked about in like episode one, right? Yeah. Was that uh the idea for this show came from um a marketing. Project that I had to do in college. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that was for my favorite college teacher, Billy O'Connell. Yeah. Um, not, now don't get me wrong. I had a lot of really great teachers, but Billy O'Connell for my entire time there was my mentor from like uh, almost day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I think we've also mentioned that I used to have a meeting with him once a week every semester. Yeah. Um, to talk about either school or like stuff outside of school like this. Um, and dude, the, the term value values alignment is like, that is like the golden phrase yeah. in that classroom. So I just wanted to point that out that that was kind of a interesting, like it's parallel. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's a parallel. And it's also kind of interesting to me that like, it hasn't been mentioned on other websites and stuff like that, you know, yeah. considering that is a vi- a very big part of the culture of like entrepreneurship, right. Certainly. Is values alignment. But it just, I just thought it was interesting that like that you just sort of just dropped it on me like that. And I was like, hell yeah. Those Hell are the yeah. words I love to hear.
1: Hell yeah. And so I'll do a quick um, walk through another one of their programs. So another one of yeah. their programs was the Future Cities Accelerator. So the problem was how can they improve the lives of the poor and vulnerable in U.S. cities? So the goal of the program was to chart the course from urban poverty to urban transformation. Um, so some of the benefits, well, some, let me start that over. So as a part of this program, the ventures got a hundred grand in funding, um, rapid prototyping from the former um, usability lead at Google, um, as well as like the in-person boot camp mentorship and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So some of the impacts from these, so these are from 2017, so obviously they've changed from there, but one venture learned fresh. So one venture that's called Learn Fresh created an NBA-based board game that as a result, well, through testing, they found helped over 30,000 kids grow almost three times in math skills compared to the control groups. And partners included the NBA and Hasbro. And some mm. of the takeaways to this venture is that the founder made his first $100 million, like, ask, like, in terms of, like, looking for, huh? like, donors and things like that. Right. And um, so the founder also secured two new board members and was basically opened up to a wider network and found more potential funding. That so, is pretty sick. Yeah, so there are results with this program. Well, with these programs, they have positive impacts on not only the entrepreneurs themselves, but also for the problem, well, the people who are affected by the problem they're trying to solve, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah. So no, for sure.
1: Yeah. So let's take a step back and actually look at Mr. Reveal a history. So sure. so this is from uncharted.org, their website. So Tehu is a co-founder of Uncharted, formerly known as the Unreasonable Institute, mm-hmm. which he started immediately after college. Um, he started with Tyler, Hartong and Daniel Epstein. Epst- Daniel Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. So before uncharted, he worked as a executive assistant at Paul Polak, um, founder of IDE, which has impacted over twenty million people. Um, he conducted university funded re- uh, research through the University of Colorado to learn about the effected- about the effectiveness of NGOs in tackling rural poverty. Um, what else? So he his family hails from India and he was born in Cleveland. So the team likes to joke that he's a Cleveland Indian. Which I yeah, I point. saw
0: that and I was like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, one, uh, they also have like what inspires him. So one thing that inspires him is people's courage to move forward when the chances of success seem so low. And a fun fact about him is that he keeps a list of 15 to 20 d- bad dad jokes memorized for deployment at any moment, which I really Man, appreciated. Man,
0: I was just about to say that sounds exactly like somebody else on this podcast.
1: Yes, colleagues. Colin Parker. Um, yeah. Yes, so... No, I, I,
0: you have the dad jokes, I have the dad bot. That, that's fair. <laughs> well, at some point, we'll kind
1: of fuse into one person and have both. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say, fusion mode, and we'll just become one dad.
1: One dad. T- two dad, one, two minds, one dad?
0: Two... Uh, yes, exactly. It's like, okay, sorry, not not to super derail this, but you know, have you ever seen Pacific Rim? No, but I
1: know it's like the
0: kaiju. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, kind of... yes, I was gonna say, it's like, we're gonna get into this suit, and we're gonna both enter the void, Because we both bring nothing to the void. (laughs) And we'll just make one giant dad. Um,
1: We are super dad. And that'll be our second second, um, team podcast, Super Dad. Our
0: second team podcast, Super Dad. Coming this fall to NBC. All right, go ahead. Okay, so
1: um, let's also take a look at his LinkedIn page. So I mentioned he attended the University of Colorado. Um, Mm -hmm. He attend he received a bachelor's bachelor's degree in international affairs from. uh, He attended there from two thousand four to two thousand eight. He was involved in the presidential leadership class, did chess, and has also got um, basic emergency medical training, which is interesting. In two thousand eight, after he graduated, he joined DRev as an executive assistant. So DRev is like a nonprofit product development company focused on designing simple, scalable, and sustainable solutions to many complex issues, such as healthcare and energy. He was there until 2009. That plays into um, Uncharted. So in January of 2009, that was when he founded Uncharted. Um, And for the rest of the information, we're actually going to go back to the website. But I think um, we could probably actually use this moment to actually go to our marketing department. What do you say?
0: Yeah, let's let's just make a quick pit stop there, and then yeah. we'll come back to everything.
1: Yeah, we've they, we, they've been like pinging our pagers, and I don't know why we're still using pagers because it's like 2018, but like we're, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had a bit sure. there.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I tried.
1: Hi, it's me again. Do you like hearing the juicy behind-the-scenes details of your favorite movies? Do you like discussing the themes found in them? I do. Every week, comedians Kate Harlow and Daniel Spencer release a podcast where they have fun doing exactly that. Each Monday, Subverted Trope delves into the stories behind a movie and picks apart its tropes, making jokes along the way. Find them on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Uh, You know, I agree with you. Um, We definitely wanted to make sure that we shouted out this show. They just had the reads on the on the most recent episode. Really? Yeah. And, you know, if you wanted to, uh, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that if you listen to next week's episode, you might hear a familiar voice. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Is it Santa? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If I grow a white beard. I mean, if he grows a white beard, maybe he will. Wait, does it, um, doesn't Santa already have a white beard? I think so. Anyway. Uh, maybe not during the off season. Does he? That's actually a good question. Does he have one year round?
1: Or is it shaved and is is his hair short and does he work for the Scavengers Network?
0: It's very possible. Uh Uh-oh. Um, I bring joy and happiness to to everybody. Anyway, so, um, so let's talk about, uh, a sponsor of the Scavengers Network. Uh, and it's one of my favorites that we have here. Yeah. Uh, it's Blue Apron.
1: Actually, funny thing. That's what I wanted for Christmas, a blue apron.
0: Oh, very nice. I'll make sure we get you one next time. All right, great. Um, With Blue Apron, you get to choose from a variety of chef-designed, step-by-step recipes every week. (gasps) You get fresh, seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door. You get to enjoy a delicious, unforgettable meal cooked from scratch. And Blue Apron's uniquely integrated model means better ingredients, better pricing, and a better planet for us all. Um, I really like Blue Apron because, you know, uh, with some places, you know, you just sort of get what they're going to give you, but with Blue Apron, you get to go out and you get to like sort of look through what is kind of coming up next and you can say, "I, oh, I really don't want that. I, but, but I do want this yeah. and you get to keep those recipes, which yeah. is pretty sick.
1: So as a, um, slight turn. So you remember the musical, uh, You're in Town? Yes. When Officer Lockstock and Officer Braille do that rap, like, yeah. so I had like in my head as you were saying it, like, get fresh. Fresh seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door like running through my head Yeah, yeah the, like,
0: the way that they were doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So we, um, we, have you Would
0: you consider doing these as a as a rap? I don't think so. I okay. don't think anyone wants to hear us rap that, That's hard. um yeah. now if we get Austin Antoine on the show. Yeah, maybe we can get him to do a blue apron rap um, yeah, but if you want to do your own uh blue apron shenanigans uh, all you have to do is go to bit.ly slash snapron3030 to get $30 off your first order with blue apron. That's one more time. I'm going to give that to you again. That's bit.ly slash snaperon, snaperon, my bad, 30, snaperon30, bit.ly slash snapron30 to get $30 off your first order with blue apron. Blue apron, a better, a better way, way to cook. cook. Uh, so now let's get back into, like, now that we've visited the marketing department, I guess we can head back to the, uh, to the conference room that we were just in. Yeah, and we they, can... they
1: took our pagers. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were like, okay, yeah, you're good, you're, you're good.
1: Done. You're, you're done, you're done. Get out of here, get out of yeah. here. Go. Going back into Uncharted, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, actually, let's do a quick timeline of them. So they were founded in... 2009, but yep. their website actually has a timeline going from 2010 up all the way up to 2017. So mm-hmm. in 2010, they had their first global institute. So they had 22 ventures from 15 countries, and they ran five additional institutes after. So a question for you is, what is a global institute? Do you know?
0: Um, I'm assuming that it's an institute that isn't just like on a local or even like national, uh, like not database, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Oh my god! Scale. I literally lost my yeah, like a scale. This is something that completely goes beyond that. Like mm-hmm. I would imagine, it's like a like a platform uh, for understanding. No, uh, that's probably not the best way of describing. It. I mean, I guess in a way, is it kind of like a. Like, a flexible, like, study abroad-like thing sort of thing? Kind of. In so, a way, but, but for businesses, I would assume? Yeah, so,
1: like, the term institute's kind of a misnomer, so they're kind of like think tanks, comprised mm-hmm. of people from different countries with the goal of solving some kind of issue. So, like, okay. other examples, like, not associated with Uncharted, but other examples include the, the Global Institute of Sustainable Forestry. So, they were established in 2000 out of the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies, and okay. they develop science-based approaches to forest management and address the challenge of sustaining forests in a global 21st century, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Another um, example is the Global Institute for Tomorrow. So they're a thong- uh, Hong Kong-based think tank. That's kind of a... What's the word where it's like a...
0: Hong Kong think tank.
1: Yeah, um, so it's like a tongue twister?
0: A little bit. Hong
1: Kong, A Hong Kong-based think tank that provides executive education... Um, promoting a deeper understanding of the shift of influence from the West to Asia. It also looks into the dynamic relationship between businesses, society, and the state, and the reshaping of the rules of global capitalism. So, yeah.
0: That's pretty sick. I, I think that sounds really cool to me. Yeah. So, um
1: now, continuing forward... Um, in twenty fifteen they tried a shift in revenue model. So they tried so they kind of they tried to pull a Patreon and then put the they put the payer aspect on the um, ventures, but that didn't work and they eventually switched to a more sustainable model. And one thing uh-huh. we'll get to later, but one thing I really appreciate about this company is that they're very open about their failures as a company. Because if they, they're they treat, treating them more as learning experiences, than missed opportunities, which we'll Man, get to in a bit. Boy,
0: YouTube could learn from that.
1: That's very true. So in 2017, they ran the Future Cities Accelerator, a program designed to accelerate solutions that improve the lives of the poor in uh, U.S. cities. Mm-hmm. In May of 2017, they launched the Food Access Program with the City of Denver, a program that ad- that addresses the issue of food deserts and empowers ventures working to increase access to healthy, fresh foods in low-income neighborhoods. So for those who don't know what a food desert is, that's like if you took your neighborhood but then took out the grocery store. Uh-huh. That's like my understanding. So then where do you get your food, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. It's like, uh-oh.
1: So then... I eat it
0: all the potato chips.
1: It's gone. I eat it all the potato chips. So um, in July 2017 is when they changed their name to Uncharted. So so the name represents that um, our world and how we improve it is not fixed. There's no single Mm -hmm. way to solve problems. So we must head
0: into the Uncharted and learn what it takes. You know what that sounds like to me? Hmm. That sounds a lot like a roadmap drawn in Discovery.
1: Do you think we could get some uh, sponsorship from Uncharted?
0: It's possible. It's
1: possible. We'll, we'll, we'll
0: we'll send our marketing department their way. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have our people call their people.
1: Yeah. Maybe just you and I. So, um, and (laughs) as many of us are aware, there's kind of a lot of stuff going on. And personally, Mm -hmm. I felt kind of hopeless and maybe kind of numb to the idea of not having any particular solution or answer to anything. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's led me to have some sort of, well, like if I can't fix it, then why bother sort of feeling towards things. But this company gives people with an idea, with a model, with a solution, the means to actually grow that solution to a wider scale and right. sustain it, which I find really cool, right? So, I mean, I guess like applying it to like you and I, like even if we don't have a means to solve like the food deserts in inner cities or to solve the just the wide complex social issues that are not even like outside of social, but just the wide complex issues that are affecting our society t- today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There are, there's a means to achieve the end of solving them, right? Yes. So, so um, let's take a step sideways and actually talk about the company itself. So there okay. are quite a few things like I appreciate about this company. And one of the yes. first things is their usage of dog labor.
0: Dog labor.
1: Yes, they have dogs on their board of
0: directors. You know, I saw that. There's a dog named Snoop on there. Yes. so A literal Snoop dog. Yes. And also Luna. Oh my gosh, I just saw Gus. Oh my gosh, look at this good boy.
1: Yes, so Gus is a Labrador Retriever, is the VP of People Operations. Luna, I think she's also some kind of lab, is the Director of Compliance. And Snoop, Mm -hmm. who looks like a Labradoodle, is the assistant to the VP of People Operations.
0: Snoop looks a lot like Terrence's dog, uh, Samson. Yes. It's a little scary, actually, how similar those two look. A little bit.
1: So go, moving past the, the illegal dog labor, um, one thing, well, another thing I appreciate <laughs> is their, yeah. value, or their values as a company. So for instance, one of their values is to learn like a child. So they say that children are built to learn. Unconcerned with the judgment of others, children wholeheartedly embrace the awkwardness of being beginners. They dive in, stumble, and learn rapidly from their mistakes. They're the most fearless learners of the human race, and they're all role models in learning. So this really resonates with me because as someone who is trying to constantly learn, one thing I like have to I deal with is the tension between what I already know and what I'm trying to learn. So like how much of what I already know is right, how much of what I'm learning can fit, and how much of my prior knowledge is affecting what I'm trying to learn. And so taking a beginner's mind can be really liberating. Like you aren't bound by the limits if you already know, but it's also really tough, especially if you're approaching it from like, well, I already know these things already. Why am I already having, why do I need to start over? Right. Mm hmm. So, like, I have, like, students that, like, they are adults who are really proficient already at an instrument, trying to learn something, like, completely new, like, going from piano to, like, ukulele, and it's, like, they have to, like, uh-huh. then, instead of, like, thinking backwards, they need, need to kind of think mm-hmm. sideways, right? Because, like, things don't yeah, exactly yeah.
0: match up. Um. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting, because, like, and, like, this might be something that we will have to maybe actually follow up on here, mm-hmm. but... If you, like, honestly, looking through the stuff on Uncharted, like, this is a really great find because I feel as if there's a lot of really cool um, companies and people just on this, like, website alone that we could really talk about, Mm -hmm. you
1: know? Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: I feel like there's a lot of really cool stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, the last of the values I'm going to mention is the wholesale. So, as they put it, in a world that pressures us to be somebody else, we create a space where we can be our whole selves. I think, uh, One, I think that's a really good line. Um, mm-hmm. A space where we can be wonderfully weird, where we can be vulnerable, and where we can be open with our thoughts and feelings, even when we're scared to. We have hard conversations, we share our failures publicly, and we prize authenticity. So this resonates with me on several levels, specifically the failure part. So, all too often, I see my own failures as just that, like I said, missed opportunities. But instead, mm-hmm. they could become so much more insightful as opportunities to grow. And personally, I feel like if I had adopted this sooner, then maybe I would be in a different position from where I am today. But then I could also, I mean, if I'm getting meta about it, I mean, I might as well start now instead of being so concerned about the past, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this last, but, wait, no, I already said that. Okay, so as as I mentioned, um, this company is also very public about their failures, and they actually have a page on their site dedicated to it. So some of these include um, not always living their values. So they've had moments when they've been scared to be truthful, when they forget to celebrate someone on their team, when they don't support each other. Um, they call that to be their greatest challenge. Um, another one is sometimes they make bad selection decisions, and some adventures have had to shut down. So... Of the hundreds of organizations that have come through, about 20 have failed. And there are a variety of reasons for that. But sometimes it's due to co-founder struggles or not finding a profitable model. I just appreciate that they're very open with, you know, where they fall short. And they're using that as an opportunity to grow from there, right? As opposed Mm -hmm. to like, well, we're not going to talk about all the times we messed up because we don't want people to know. It's like, well, they talk about it because they want to be held accountable for it.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I've, I mean, at least within our, our group, like between from like on a personal level, like we've, we've, but we've like all of us have tried to be very open about it because if we're not honest with ourselves, if we're not honest with each other, then we're not going to make mm-hmm. any progress as a group, as a team. Right. Yes. Correct. So. Yeah. So if we're, um, So I guess if we were to take a stop here, my question would be to our listeners, what have you learned? And from all the stuff that I've talked that we've
0: like talked about, what can you apply to yourselves? Um, and while you guys are thinking on that, uh, I would like to real quick, just talk about uh, some of the stuff that I learned, Of um, you know, I think that, I mean, again, I kind of, I feel like we've sort of addressed a couple of them, you know, values alignment, which. I guess it's not necessarily something that I've learned about, but it is, it is one of those things where it's good to see that pop up in something. And that's something that I think is a lesson to bring back to everybody. And that should be mentioned frequently. Um, Something that you and I've discussed before is that like, we sometimes get nervous when we see certain themes come up frequently Mm -hmm. because that then doesn't necessarily always show the individuality of everybody. But sometimes it is good to know that there are certain things that most people do, because yeah. it's like, hey, if you're not doing this one thing, look at how much it works. Like, you there's literal proof that this this action or this course of this uh, this, this pathway can lead you to something successful. Certainly, um, values alignment is super important, um, as is discussed in uh, Good to Great. You can't move the bus until you have the right people on the bus and in the right seats, mm-hmm. um, and a thing like uncharted i think kind of proves that um i even love that like on their website um when you scroll over most people's uh pictures only a couple of them don't have this function but when you scroll over their pictures uh you see a picture of them as a child yeah um and i guess in a way it's kind of cool because it's like it's showing where they've come uh as they've grown up but it's interesting because on the flip side of this this is a company that then uh, take sort of baby companies or baby initiatives and helps them grow into something that's sustainable. And, you know, you know, essentially being an adult and going off and doing its own thing without necessarily needing any more help. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is really important that they've got going on. I mean, again, I really feel like I could go on and on and on about this at this point. Um, but I'm going to try and consolidate this just to the, I think the bigger points, at least for me. Sure. Um, and then you know obviously we'll ask what you think your big takeaways are but my last one would be um i think that like this is a great example of a network and not just in the case of like a media network like what we have right mm-hmm. like the fact that this is a network of entrepreneurs funders partners uh and then of course something that i think not enough people have uh is mentors um so many people that i know like, they'll say, oh, I had a mentor, right? And they'll talk about someone that they used to, like, study under or something like that yeah. from 5, 10, 15 years ago. And, yes, I think that when you get to a certain point in life, maybe you don't need a mentor anymore. But a mentor doesn't have to be someone who's necessarily older than you. It's A mentor can be someone who is essentially your sounding board, um, the person who you sort of see as your moral compass. To sort of help keep you grounded and to help keep pushing you forward stuff like that yeah um and i i, I definitely feel like I've been very fortunate that I could say that I have more than one mentor mm-hmm. um and there are uh probably about four different people that like I would say that I still go to on a week to week basis or month-to-month basis yeah. um for some of them and you know bring something to them that isn't just like a hey how's it going how are things you know going have you Have you been to, you know, to Bagel Boy recently, right? Like, you know, if I'm hitting up Dr. Kendra Reed, like it's like sometimes it is friendly stuff and but sometimes it is like a man, I, you know, you were right about this one thing in the class. Like, this is something that I just recently went up against. And I feel as if now maybe I have the right tools, but do you have any suggestions for this, this or this? Right. Um, And I really think that if you if you just take a second. Right. Not you necessarily you specifically, Alex, but I mean, like if you, the listener or even you, I guess, actually, now I think about it. But if you take just five minutes at some point today, just sort of sit there and just sort of think actively on who is a mentor to you. Right. Who is someone that can fill out these functions? Um, If you don't if you can't think of someone, uh, just search for someone, because the thing is that a lot of the times you can find someone in your line of work that you want to whose example you want to follow. Um, and there are a lot of people who have no problem with mentoring someone, uh, and without charging money. Cause like, there are people who will say, well, if you want to learn, like, especially if it's like business, business, sometimes they're like, well, if you want some of my time, you got to pay for it. Right. Um, but there are some people who are more than willing to mentor someone beneath them beca- not beneath them, but you know what I'm saying? Who's, who's uh, a few steps behind them because they had someone mentor them to get them to that step. And they go, I want to give back. Um, in a way, honestly, teachers are a really good example of that. Teachers very frequently give back and become teachers because they had a teacher that affected their life, and so now they're turning that around and giving back um, to whatever their new community is in the same way that their previous teachers uh, changed their lives. So, there you have it. Uh, Networking, mentors, values alignment, and um, oh shoot, I've already forgotten the other thing I said. Dogs. Dogs, yes. Yes. Maybe maybe I did just na- name everything that I said. I think maybe I'm psyching myself out. But, yeah, th- I think those are my bigger, my big, my big, biggest takeaways for me personally. Yeah. So, I guess for
1: me, some of my takeaways are, well, going back to, like, their founders and the baby pictures. They get the, mm-hmm. ba- they get the baby pictures of the dogs.
0: I know. I, know. I love that. The Gus one oh my melted God. my freaking heart. Gus's little face is so freaking cute. Well, and if I seem like, like I'm gonna weirdly
1: die. obsessed with dogs now, it's because now that I'm getting closer to having a backyard, that also means that I'm getting closer to getting a dog as well. And I've been looking forward to getting a dog for about like the past two years. So
0: anyway, dude, I've wanted a dog my entire life. I cannot wait until I can, uh, Graham and I are looking into getting a place together, but like, yeah. It's got to be a place where I can have a dog because I want, I just, I want a dog so much.
1: I know. So, um, I guess my takeaway, so I guess if I'm going back through like this whole presentation. So one thing is just acknowledgement of failures. So instead Uh of treating failures as a missed Mm. opportunity, treat it as an opportunity to grow,
0: right? Um, Yes. Um, I guess
1: some other
0: things. Give us your top three since I did three.
1: Uh, I guess, well, so we have the treating failures as opportunities. Um yep. I guess another thing I guess looking at Uncharted themselves how they kind of rebranded themselves don't be afraid to adjust your mm. a, a, adjust your image if the original if the original message isn't isn't holding true anymore right
0: It's just like that Instagram story that I forgot what episode that's on but remember we had that whole discussion about how Instagram didn't used to be Instagram and how they used to be a coffee, like, like yeah. kind of like a Foursquare, but for coffee shops. Yeah. And how they completely turned around because, like, no one wanted to do that part, but people love taking pictures and using the filter. Yeah, So they were like, okay, let's rebrand. Yeah, no, that's a really great point, Alex. Yeah.
1: And in addition to that, so another thing I touched on is, at least, like, with me personally, my mm-hmm. own kind of... I don't, don't know if malaise is the right word, but just kind of lack of hope with just things that are going on and kind of my own inability to affect any major kind of change but Mm -hmm. that's i i guess like my point with this is that even if you're feeling like the no matter what you do like it's not making an impact Like, even if it's small, like, no no matter what you do, it makes an impact, right? Even if it's something as small as you have an idea, right? Even if you have an Mm -hmm. idea, there are ways to grow it. There are ways to bring it to more people. Like with Uncharted, they're bringing these entrepreneurs to, they're they're giving them the opportunity to take their ideas to a wider stage, right? Yes. And, I mean, this isn't just with, like, um, social entrepreneurs. Like, even if it's as much as, like volunteering at your local board of elections right or right. i mean if we're getting like less political like just volunteering right so mm-hmm. even if you feel like there aren't ways to affect the change there are ways to to affect the change you just got to find it right like for me absolutely one way i'm thinking that might be effective for me is writing angry art punk music and then like being angry <laughs> and loud at shows right so right. that's just for me personally but like I, I guess like my question to you our dear listeners is what What are some ways that you think you can make a change in your community?
0: Um, And to sort of piggyback off of what Alex just said, I would like to give you a quote because everything you just said made me think so much of a Justin McElroy quote Mm -hmm. um, that I think that we all really need to hold on to, especially in this current day and age with how life is kind of going. Yep. But um, Justin McElroy in 2016 said, I'm going to wake up and keep trying to do good. And so are you and nobody gets to vote on that. Um and I think that that's something that we should all take forward into our hearts with this idea of like how can we make a change uh locally. And yeah. um you know the last thing I'll say to to agree, in order to like sort of agree with you here, mm-hmm. you know, you and I've been discussing for a long time how we can give back to our community and stuff like that. And we've recently started doing some sort of like uh like school outreach stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but we have so many plans for how we can continue to do that because we want to really uh, focus on uh arts education because we keep cutting the arts in the education system across the country, and like yeah. uh, it's a shame that it has to come down to charity to have to really fix the things that are wrong, yeah you know um but at the at the end of the day like you know if if that's what it's going to take in order to make sure that some kids get the same opportunities that we got when we were in high school, yeah. then i'm all for that i I don't want people. To have a diminishing, uh, you know, uh, not return, but like a diminishing, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. What am I trying to say, Alex?
1: Um. Experience. Yes.
0: I don't want them to have a diminishing experience, uh, you know, compared to what we had. Yes. Um, especially again, not to, I'm trying not to be political here, but like, if you look at it, the political environment that we're in right now is pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. Um. And I especially think because kids in high school, especially really feel underappreciated and not listened to, mm-hmm. and they really should be considering the whole children, the children are our future, but also they're going to be voters in just a couple of years. Yeah. And if you continue to step on them and try to tell them to shut up, they're going to be the people that make sure that you don't get to say that anymore. Exactly. Um. But I think it's so important that we give things like arts and creativity so that they can... Find other ways in addition to this, but I mean, they should be listened to outside of art, but to give them some sort of creative outlet to just like you said, kind of have these angsty punk moments if they really need it um, to sort of get out uh, the the frustration they have from not being listened to.
1: Well, yeah, well, and on top of that, like any kind of experience in the arts, I mean... It gives I mean, assuming it's a positive experience, like even if like the person doesn't pursue like decides to not become a professional painter, like it still gives you experience like in that same kind of thought process, right? Mm-hmm. So for sure. So like one thing that I emphasize in my lessons that like you're not only learning how to play the instrument, but you're learning how to learn, right? And it's a different yeah. kind of it's there there could be parallels drawn between like that and like working through some kind of equation, but like learning how to do some kind of like skill, like it, I don't want to say like, well, learning how to learn is good, but it's just, it's just a good thing and I think it should be supported, so.
0: I agree. I mean, like, really, like, truthfully, dude, like, the arts is something that everyone should be involved in in some sort of capacity mm-hmm. because it teaches you so many life lessons. Um, I mean, just literally discipline in general. Um, musicians tend to be some of the most disciplined people. Um sometimes. Like, patience, sometimes, yeah, but I mean, like, musicians definitely have a tendency to be patient because you're used to being in rehearsals and things not going right a thousand times before you do get it right um but in practicing it until you do get it right stuff like that um so there's a lot of really cool stuff there um but uh i don't know about you but i i think that we did a really good job on this one i think so too so i think that's a pretty good spot to leave it at what do you think
1: that sounds good So um, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news, reviews, and interview series all about the arts world. Or if you're looking for more podcasts, try out our other great shows on on the network, like Myth
0: Takes. Hell yeah. Uh, You can find that video series and the others that we discussed at the beginning of the uh, episode here um, on our YouTube channel, or you can find all of our podcasts wherever you choose to listen to your fine podcasts. Uh and if you want to find me on Twitter uh or Instagram you can find me at colin c o l i n m parker p a r k e r.
1: You can find me on Twitter at a tail 0 or french at music um at as an at not like the at sign. Um I'm mm-hmm. also on Instagram at fringe alexander music and you can find both of us at scavengers net on Twitter. mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. Um, And before we tell you about the next episode, I want to give a quick shout-out and thank you to my co-host, Alex Taylor, for the wonderful music that you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of this show.
1: Oh, thank you, sir.
0: You're welcome. And so, this episode is coming to you on Tuesday, July 3rd, the day before America's birthday, which, honestly, I'm not so sure I feel like celebrating this year. But, that is neither here nor there. So, the next episode will come to you... Just a short 14 days after that, or after this, rather, on July 17th. Um, So we will see you then. Thank you so much for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I am Colin Parker,
1: And I'm Alex Taylor.
0: And I'll see you on the Forbes listings.
1: Let's get those nominations in.